0: Luke 17. We are in a series entitled Beyond, and we've been talking about higher dimensions of worship. And this week, the title of the message is, what's the title? Thanksgiving. But notice there's a hyphen there. So I'm not preaching on Thanksgiving. I'm preaching on Thanksgiving. All right? This is an expression of worship as well. All right. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood far off. They stood far off because they were ostracized from society. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, where there are not nine, where there are not ten cleansed, where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, let me tell you some things about worship, alright? Number one, worship is giving thanks. Worship is an expression of love. We've already talked about that all through this series. Worship, worship is expressing our love to God. But the, that, that expression of our love also is an expression of our gratitude to God. So when we worship God, we're expressing our gratitude. Look at this verse again, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Giving thanks. Why was he giving thanks? Because he was healed. I want you to notice, though, how he gave thanks. With a loud voice, and he fell down on his face. Now, I'm not trying to get everyone to express their love to God the same way. I want you to understand that. I know that we're created differently. I know that we have different personalities and different gifts. I was reading a book trying to figure out what I am. It it seems like I'm always a combination of things. Have you ever noticed that? I'm always trying to figure out which one I am, and I think I'm several of these. I was reading this book called uh, Sacred Pathways about how all of us kind of connect to God in a different way, and it had nine different pathways in it. And I'm looking and some is the exuberant person, you know, and, and uh, I, I can't remember some of them because I wasn't them, so I didn't care. But anyway, I was trying to, I was trying to zero in on what I was, you know. And uh, there was one that connected to God through, through revelation of the Word and all. And I thought, well, that's me. But the way they described it was through the mind and stimulating the mind and, and likes to read a lot of books. And I thought, no, that's not me. I just, just, just the Bible is what I like to read, you know. And then there was another one who liked to be quiet. And be alone, and I thought, well, that's that's me. And then it said, this person would like to go to a monastery for a day. I thought, it's not, you know, me. I kept. And then it, there was the naturalist that liked to connect to God through nature, you know. And I thought, yes, I like being out outdoors. And then it, you know, said, you know, this person would like to sleep by a stream, and I, I don't, want to sleep at a Hilton, you know. So I'm just, I'm kind of. So I couldn't, finally I decided, I said to a friend of mine, I said, I know what I am. I know I'm a combination of three. I would like to be alone in the woods with the Bible. That's me. That's what I'd like to do. So I understand we connect to God differently. I also understand we might express differently. This, this guy was probably a, a cleric, you know. This guy was a high D. This, this guy shouts with a loud voice, praises God. But here's my question for you. This guy just been healed of leprosy. Was this appropriate? Sure it was appropriate. He got his life back. But the main thing was he gave thanks to God. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not focusing so much on the outward expression. What I want to focus on is the inward motivation. If it's in your heart, somehow it's going to be expressed. I have said this before. If you grew up in a family that didn't express love, you grew up in a dysfunctional family. And here's the difficulty with a lot of churches today. There are a lot of churches that are dysfunctional families because they don't express their love to God, and they don't express their love to one another, and they don't express their love to the world. So, this is what worship's all about. Worship is about expressing our love. Now, let me show you the seven. Hebrew words for praise. There are actually eleven. There's all sorts of teachings and books on the seven Hebrew words praise. The seven, and and there's eleven. But there's seven main ones, and I'll agree with that. But let me just see if you see a theme in the definitions, right. Here's the first one. Todah. It means a thanksgiving choir. A thanksgiving choir. Barak. To kneel in thanksgiving. Tehillah. To sing a song of thanksgiving. Halal, to give thanks by being clamorously foolish. That's what that word means. That's one of the Hebrew definitions of praise. By the way, uh, this is where we got our word hallelujah. You ever heard that word? Okay, I can say it in Spanish. Hallelujah. Okay. Here's the fifth one. Yadah. Yadah means to give thanks with extended hands. Zamar, to give thanks with a musical instrument. And Shabbat, to give thanks in a loud tone. Now, what's the theme of all seven of those words? Giving thanks. Giving thanks. All I'm trying to get you to do is express what's in your heart. God, in His grace, saved us. Let's just express our thanks to Him. Let me show you a verse that has... Four of the seven words in it. One verse in the Bible. And let me, don't put it on the on the PowerPoint yet. Let me let me quote it to you first and, and see if you tell me what book and chapter it's in. A little Bible trivia here, right? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm 100. That's right. Psalm 100. All right. Now, let me show you the four different Hebrew words in it, all right? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving is todah. It means a thanksgiving choir. And into his courts with praise, tehillah, singing praises. Be thankful, yadah, extend your hands to him, and bless Barak, Bow before his name. That's what that verse... So, all right, let me read that now with the definitions. Watch it this way. Enter into his gates with a thanksgiving choir, and into his courts with singing praises. Be thankful by extending your hands to Him and bless Him by bowing before His name. Is that good? Okay, so I just want you to know it's okay if you want to lift your hands to God. According to the Bible, it's okay. It's okay if you want to bow before Him. It's okay to sing. It's okay to shout with a loud voice and to express your thanks if it's in your heart. Now, worship is an expression of gratitude. It's giving thanks. It's an expression of gratitude. What I want to figure out, though, is how do I get gratitude? What produces gratitude? If worship is an expression of gratitude, well, what produces gratitude then? Well, here's the second point tonight. Miracles precede gratitude. Miracles precede gratitude. Now, when I said this to a friend of mine, and then after I preached in the first service, even my wife said to me in the back room, I didn't know where you were going with that because I thought gratitude would precede miracles. But, but look at the verse here. Look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. See, the miracle came first. Uh, and, and let's just think about what gratitude is. Gratitude is, is being grateful, right? Well, if you haven't received anything, you can't be grateful. You know, uh, at, at Christmas this year... You can't just walk up to someone here in the church and say, thank you. Thank you. What are you saying thank you for? Well, I'm thinking you're going to give me something. You know, it doesn't work that way. All right. They got to give it to you first. And once they give it to you, when you receive it, then you say thank you. Then you give thanks. Right. Then you're grateful. Okay. Listen to me. I want us to worship, but I understand that worship comes from a heart of gratitude so I, I'm looking at this pastor and I'm saying, well, God, how can I get a heart of gratitude in, in, in all of the people of God? And then all of a sudden I see this scripture and I really think we're going to be grateful when we receive something from God. Now, listen to me very, very carefully. Was it appropriate for this guy to be grateful? We said yes. Was it appropriate for him to express his gratitude that way? Yes. Why? Well, what did he receive? A miracle. But let me go into a little more detail. He received his life back. You've you got to understand something. The reason these guys were standing afar off was because they were outcasts from society. They couldn't, they could, they couldn't hold a job. They couldn't go to work. They couldn't, be a, 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 they couldn't uh, produce anything in society. They couldn't have a family. If they were married and then had leprosy, they couldn't go back to their home. They could, if they had children, they couldn't go back. They couldn't go to a, a child's uh, uh, play. They couldn't watch their daughter in a play. They couldn't go to their son's little league team. They couldn't kiss, kiss their wife goodnight. I mean, this guy got his life back. So sure, he turns around. And with a loud voice, glorifies God. And he might not have even been a cleric. He might have just been happy. Right? Okay. Well, what about 20 years later? Let's say this guy, and this is, let's say it's happened today, and this guy here gets healed from leprosy, gets his life back, um, gets a good job, works hard, works his way up, moves to this area, lives somewhere here in this area, and uh, is doing well. And 20 years later, after this happens, he's walking in the town square here in South Lake. He's walking down the street in the town square. And he sees Jesus. Would it still be appropriate... For him to give thanks with a loud voice. You better believe it. But if he didn't, I'd have a question. Is he still walking with God? Has he somehow thought that the last 20 years has been on his own? That he worked hard and he's made good money and he's, he's applied himself and he's pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. Because if he thinks that, he's not going to be grateful. If he's not grateful, he's not going to express his love to God. So, worship is, is expressing our thanks, giving thanks to God, to express our gratitude. What precedes gratitude? Miracles precede gratitude. Think, think about uh, all these miracles in the Bible, and then afterward, you know, when they passed through the Red Sea, read it in Exodus 15, first thing they did was they sang a song to God. They were grateful. Why? Because they'd had a miracle. they received something. Well, if miracles precede gratitude, here's what I want to know. Maybe you want to know this too. What precedes miracles? Here's point three. Obedience precedes miracles. Obedience precedes miracles. Now, just watch. Don't, Don't write me off yet. Look at verse 14. So when he saw them... He said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, think about this. Jesus did not say, Go show yourselves to the priest and you'll be healed. Didn't say that. He just said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they just took right, just okay. That's what he said. They weren't healed yet, they just obeyed. And as they went, as they obeyed, they were healed. Think about the miracles in the Bible. God tells Moses, lift up your rod over the water and the water parts. What if he hadn't lifted up his rod? What if these lepers hadn't gone? What if these lepers had said, hey, I'm not going yet. You had not done anything, pal. Heal me and I'll go to the priest. Well, I'm not going to the priest like this. What if they hadn't have obeyed? As they went, they were healed. God told the priests when they went into the promised land, the Jordan was at flood stage. He said, just put your feet in the water. Well, you stop the water and we'll put our feet in. It's not the way it works with God. God is always testing our faith with obedience. You you, you take a step, I'll take care of the rest. Elisha told Naaman to dip seven times in the Jordan. What if he said, I'm not doing it. Jordan's muddy. I got better rivers back home. Are you following me? Jesus said to a man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. Now, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I think that was a little insensitive, personally. (laughs) I mean, the guy's hand's like this. You say to a guy that's got a hand like this, stretch forth your hand. I'd like to, (laughs) fellow. No, the guy just said, okay. And when he did it, he was healed. Obedience precedes miracles. Now, I want you to read the Bible. You know that. I put a lot of Scripture in messages. A matter of fact, this is probably the least amount of Scripture I've had in a message in a long time because God just wants us to deal with this one passage. But I'm always trying to tell you, read the verse before. Read the verse after. Read the chapter before. Read the chapter after. Read the book before. Read the book after. Read Genesis. Read Revelation. Read everything. Read it. All right. I'm telling you that obedience precedes miracles. Back up. We start at verse eleven. Go back to verse one. We're going to read the first part of this chapter, and I want to show it to you, all right? Luke seventeen, verse one. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Then he's talk, now he's going to talk to the person offended. Take heed to yourselves, If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, you've got to catch this before we go on, all right? Jesus is talking, and he said, guys, I want to tell you something. If someone sins against you, I want you to forgive him. And here's what they did. Probably something like this. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay, Lord, we agree. We'll do that. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, but I want to say one other thing. If the same person does it seven times in one day, I still want you to forgive him. And then I want you, here here was their response. Well, then you'll have to give us some more faith for that. Uh, we, we, Lord, we, uh, we can't do that. Um, we'll need some uh, more faith. We'll need a little more help from your part to do something like that. Increase our faith. Think about that. That's what they said. Now, I want you to watch what he says, his response. Because a lot of people have never put these together. So, verse 6, so... The Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, which, how big is a mustard seed? Tiny. If you had just a little faith, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, now it's the same conversation, watch, and which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he's coming from the field, A lot of people have no idea why Jesus said this at this point. Like he just went into some story. Come at once and sit down and eat. Will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper, And gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk, And afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant? Because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, When you've done all the things which you are commanded to do, say we are unprofitable servants, we've only done what was our duty to do. Now, look at verse 10 in the New Living Translation. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say we're not worthy of praise, we are servants who have simply done our duty. Okay, listen to me. Jesus said, I want you to forgive people. Even if the same guy does it seven times in one day, I want you to forgive him. Can I tell you what they should have said? Here's what they should have said. Yes, sir. That was the correct response. This was Jesus talking. I know Jesus has, has become our friend. I know that. He's decided to be our friend. But he is our God. He is Lord. He, he wasn't giving a suggestion here. He was giving a command. If you walk with me, if you serve me, when someone sins against you, you forgive them. I don't care if it's the same person, seven times in the same day, forgive. And they should have said, yes, sir. But they said, "Uh, you're going to have to give us more faith. And here's what he said. Here's, Here's what he said. Listen, if you just had a little faith, you could do a lot with it. Does a master thank his servants when they do what they're supposed to do. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. Alright, here I'm going to sum it up for you. Here's what Jesus said. Uh, you don't need more faith. You just need to do what you're told. That's what he just said. You, you don't need more faith. If you had a little, you could do miracles. You could say to a tree, and I don't know how many of you have ever done that. So that shows how much faith we have. Because this is Jesus talking. This wasn't an analogy. This is true. Jesus said, if you had this much faith, you could do this. So we got less faith faith than this. But here's what he's saying. You really don't need more faith. You need to obey me. When I tell you to do something, you do what I say. Now, he's telling the disciples this. Okay? Then, he starts walking. Think about this. He starts walking. And these ten lepers said, have mercy on us. And Jesus does this. He looks probably looks at his disciples, and then he says, "Go show yourselves to the priests." And when they did, they were healed. And I'm thinking Jesus is thinking, "See? <laughs> See? You obey. Good things happen. It's that simple. Okay, so here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if some of you are not expressing your love to God because you're not grateful. You don't have gratitude in your heart. And I'm wondering if you don't have gratitude in your heart because you're not receiving miracles from God every day right now. And I'm wondering if you're not receiving miracles from God because you're not obeying. You're not doing what God's telling you to do. But here's the good news. If you'll obey, you'll receive miracles from God. And when you receive a miracle, you're going to be grateful. And when you're grateful, you're going to express it. You catch it? Now, here's here's the last thing I want to tell you. A lot of times we say, let's bless the food. Let's bless the food. And that's, that's scriptural because it says it is sanctified by prayer. So we do bless the food. But there's another phrase that my dad used to say growing up. He never said, let's bless the food. And some of you might have heard this phrase. Maybe your parents used this phrase. seems like we've kind of gotten away from it in our generation. But this is what my dad used to say. Can you guess? Let's give thanks. Let's give thanks. You want to know Why? Because he was thankful. Because he grew up where he didn't have food all the time. And even though God blessed him when he became a believer and God blessed him and he had his own company and all these things, even with all the things that he had materially, when that family, when our family sat down at the table, he'd say, let's give thanks. You want to know why? (laughs) Because he was grateful. You want to know why he was grateful? Because he knew the food we had was God's miraculous provision. Which, by the way, is where the first thanksgiving came from. That's why the pilgrims gave thanks. Because they knew it was God's miraculous provision. Do you know where giving thanks came from, by the way? You know who started it? This is really good. Just take your concordance, get your Bible program if you haven't got it yet. Just put in the word give and the word thanks. Thanks or gave and thanks. It's nowhere in the Bible, but all of a sudden you'll see it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And just go back through, read the Gospels. You know who started it? Jesus. Every time when He, before any time, it said, and He lifted up His head and gave thanks. And when the disciples said, teach us to pray, here's what Jesus said. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what he was teaching us when he gave thanks? He was trying to say, guys, this is a miracle. I want you to understand, God provided this food for us. And that's hard for us in America to imagine. But that's the reason God wants us to do it. I want you every day, and I want to be a person that recognizes God's miraculous provision in my life every day. And I want to give Him thanks. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Is there an area of your life that you're being disobedient in? Do you need prayer? Do you need ministry? If you're here today and you need to give your life to the Lord, we want to help you. We want to pray for you. We want to minister to you. If you're here today and you're away from God, And you need to come back to God. We want to help you. We want to pray for you. If you're here today and you're a strong believer, a strong believer, maybe even a leader here in this church or another church, but you're going through a difficulty, you're under attack of the enemy right now, or you need prayer in a certain situation, we want to pray for you. If you're here in this service and you need prayer for any area of your life, that's what we're here for. We'll stay as long as it takes, and we want to pray for you and we want to minister to you. I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand. When we stand, I want you, if you need prayer or ministry, I want you just to step out from your seat and come to one of the leaders here at the front. There will be leaders all across this altar. If you need prayer or ministry, then don't, don't let the devil hold you back. For any reason, you just come and let us pray for you. Let us minister to you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll draw every person who needs any type of ministry today. In Jesus' name, amen.